Okie dokie folks, welcome to Learning with Bell Vista Studios. This is an opportunity where myself or the team get to speak to people that are inspiring us or doing something that we're curious about. And the guest today is Vanessa from Anchor Training with the awesome light in the background, not on at the moment, but like that's, those are, those neon lights, shit hot. Um, so the reason I have Vanessa on is well done, first of all, you recently celebrated four years in business and that is like a huge milestone to celebrate so I want to like celebrate you for that and just to put this in perspective for people I looked at the stats so here in Australia 60 over 60 percent of businesses fail in their first three years and in the U.S. the figures are like about 20 percent fail in their first two years and 45 percent will fail in their first five years so well done you, whatever you're doing, you've got through the hard hump. And now I kind of recognize you as a mature business, you're established. And when you put out your post the other day to say like, yo, this is where I'm at. And your thing was my lesson to myself is I need to dream bigger. So for people that are like wanting to go beyond freelance and I just want to open up opportunity and talk about dreaming bigger because it's one life, baby. So Welcome and thank you for being here. What? Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure always. What's your proudest moment on your journey so far personally? Um, I would say when we opened the doors at um, ATD's conference, the International Conference and Expo in Salt Lake this past August, hmm. I will tell you, it is not cheap <laughs> to have a booth <laughs> at an expo center. <laughs> it is quite expensive and it's not just the booth, it's getting the team there, the flights, um, the backdrop and understanding like what I'm going to do when I'm at the booth. That is all very expensive. So, but like when I did that, that was incredible. It was like, no three-year-old business that doesn't have funding from somewhere else, like some sort of capital investor would ever do that. Mm. And I did it. Um, it's an investment, but you like, I spent a lot of money last year of the last two years, really, um, to set the business up where I was. And I had to stop looking at it as like a loss because mm. it wasn't a loss it was an investment for our future to be where we are now. So like last year at this time, like I was busy this month, but my pipeline was in full. Now, like January, I'm like, my pipeline's full almost half the year, if not beyond really, if I really sit back and think about it. So it's having that like stability and then um, knowing it really, like when you invest in those big things, it's not a loss, it'll come back to you. Wow, that's cool. I love that. What is the biggest, uh, proudest moment in terms of a project that you've worked on so far? Um, my proudest moment, I would have to say my clients, we were just talking about before we got in here, my clients DEI curriculum that we worked on last year, because it gave me, a, it, we got into neuroscience and it gave me a totally new perspective on it. And that's, and I looked at it and I looked at my team. I'm like, this is content that changes the world because it's not just your normal training. This is content that's like, oh, okay. I'm making this choice or I'm making this 
instant stereotype of someone because my brain is doing this. And I can trace that back to things that I've been taught when I was a kid. So now, and like my client, like literally will laugh at me because I, when I met her, I was like, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a science lady. So please don't talk to me about neuroscience. And she's like, you're going to love it. And then I brought it up in a training, like, or in a webinar I did, or some sort of speaking engagement. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to laugh hysterically when I told her that now I'm talking about the brain all the time, but it's true. Um, and that was definitely like, I looked at my team and I'm like, that, that's next level. That's next level shit. Yeah, that's special. It is really like, we're so privileged in our roles as instructional designers and L&D people to like really impact people's lives and make the world a better place and I think when we make that connection you're just like oh holy shit I can do this for a job if you care about that stuff but yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely and it's like when you can get those projects that you just know are going to be life-changing and you like people don't even know it yet you know it's not even fully marketed and out there and I'm like oh my god once it's really out there man it's going to make a difference. That's cool. And last proudest moment um, in your journey in terms of the people you work with. Um, oh my God, I'm going to cry because it was today. So I, um, you were chatting and I was saying, you know, it's been a week. It's been just a lot of work this week. And I slacked my core team and I, yesterday and I was like, y'all, I'm raising my flag. I'm not okay. I'm not in a good place right now. I'm not in the right headspace, letting you know. And then today, one of my team members is like, hey, can you meet at this time? Like, I know you're really busy. It's literally back to back all day. Can you meet? And I jump on this Zoom and my marketing person, Danielle, is on the call. I'm like, how did you find out about this? Like, why are you here? And Tiffany, who works for me, um, like at my house, goes like leaves and they're like where's Tiffany I'm like I don't know she just like went to go get something and I'm sitting there and they went and got me like so now I have this world best boss mug from the office and they got me they got me a new hat and they got me uh popcorn like from screen but then they got me a caboodle whoa caboodle is like 90s stuff and like those milky gel pens and like everything they loved when you were a kid just because they wanted me to feel better and it was like yeah I'm like I'm creating a team that true like first of all when you talk and like yesterday even like Danielle was like messaging me inspirational stuff like video and stuff like I'm creating a culture and a team that like I can tell you I'm not okay and I feel safe enough to do that and you're going to know exactly what I need to like feel better. Um, and that to me, like there's no better culture than that. So yeah, wow. it's pretty kick ass today. Now I've got like an MTV t-shirt to wear. I'm like, oh my straight. God, that's epic. That's so special because culture is like the hardest thing. Um, and as a business owner, you probably can relate. Like I know for me, it's about like the business is Kim Tui. And then it's about a track because I didn't want to work for other people because their values and their culture didn't align to me. So it was about aligning people that are aligned to Kim. And then when you, it's hard to do that. Not everyone, and not everyone has to like me or do things my way, but when you can do that, create a space where you feel safe, where they Mm -hmm. get you, they know you, and they're just there for you. You've got their backs. They've got your backs. Wow. It's like, it's not a job. It's just like, you're getting paid to do things you love with people that you love. That's yeah. really and special. When you can put people where they're in their zone of genius and you can empower them to be 
to make their own decisions and be autonomous and own their piece of it. That's when I find that people light up and that's where they actually are their most productive and happiest. And that's really all you want. Yeah. How did you, how do you reckon you've established that culture? Um, hmm. I want to say that it was like a conscious effort. Um, and it is definitely for me a conscious effort to remember all the things that I disliked about being someone else's contractor or someone else's employee and do the opposite. But I also think it was, it, and it took time. Like I had other people that worked with me that were wonderful humans, just not the right fit for the particular roles. And it was taking the time and, and trial and error to find the right people that just like kind of get you, mm-hmm. you know, and they just kind of understand you and allow you to be you. Um, and we're starting to expand that now to the team. So, it's, so yeah, it's like it's thinking about everything that I didn't, I didn't like and doing the opposite. <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah. true. I remember, as you say that, I can remember um, when I was an employee, I used to have a little spreadsheet. And it was like, this will be my culture when I start a business. And at the time, I didn't know what it was. But all the things that people like would annoy me for or do wrong or I thought was not fair or like broken or whatever, I was like the opposite. And I just documented that. So when I started, I had a base and it was like, yep, remember this red flag or remember this boundary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Even today, I had one of my team members that came to me to ask me about my thoughts on AR Hmm. Um, and it's a contractor. So it's on someone who's an employee and we had a conversation. He's like, listen, you know, there's this course, would you consider, you know, if I went to it, like splitting the cost and most contractors or, you know, most companies that employ contractors would say, no, like that's Hmm. a cost of doing business. And I called Rachel, who's our director of learning experience design. And I'm like, here's the thing. Like, I mean, I know the norm is to say, no, it's like, that's, you know, it's your tool. Like I don't ask my husband to go to, he's a plumber, like continuing education to like learn, but how, like, what would that do for him if I did offset some of that cost? And what would that do? Like his buy-in into like our culture and we're going to grow from it. And you know what, maybe he'll take that content and eventually leave us, you know, and, and do whatever, but all right. I mean, most likely he's not going to, and it's going to continue to spread and want to bring other people in to work with us because of how well we treat even contractors. Like you're not just an employee, like you're still part of the family. We're just, we just work together a little differently. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I do want that angle to be around the dream bigger. Right. And I want to know what evidence did you have so far that made you go bigger is possible for me? Um, I think truly the fact that I am where I am right now and really looking at, not like look, just looking at like my books and things like that. Like I grew up in a Spanish household. My mom came from, from Cuba, like I'm growing up. I'd never heard you can't do something or women can't do anything. I never heard anything like that. It was never a conscious thing. It was an unconscious thing that, um, you know, you could be someone, but you're never going to be that top person. Um, or Vanessa, like, you know, as the woman, as the wife, like you're supposed to, you know, serve your husband and this and that, like you're, you know, you're there. You're like, the, what did they say in that movie? Like you're the neck and the husband's the head. And like, you turn the neck, you turn the head wherever you want. Right. 
Like that's how it, that's how the culture is, whatever. The fact that I have been able to defy that and get past those stories in my head and say, that's not who I'm going to be Mm. and, and build a business that like my kids see and like they, you know, hopefully will be proud of and hopefully will want like in, um, in the future, like that's next level stuff. And like, that's, that's where that comes in. And frankly, like playing small, never got any of us anywhere. And I'd rather go big and stumble than play small and safe. And um, I never know. I always wonder, like, what if? Is that something you reckon you've had since you were a small child? I was always someone who was high performing. I was always someone who wanted to be like, like, I'm an Enneagram three, if you believe in all of that when you read the stuff lines up with who I am. Um, I've always been that person, but I always said like, Oh, I'll like end up being like a VP of, you know, whatever HR, whatever, you know, um, never. So I think I was gonna be the one like making those decisions and being responsible for other people's well, well-being. That was never a thought. I never thought I could. It was like, that was my top. Yeah. And so then when you've got like these unconscious stories and then just stories from the world as well what do you think it was within you that said I'm not listening to them I'm doing it my way um so when I started the business I really only like LLC does anchor to training because I'm like well I'm gonna do business as that um (laughs) not necessarily my name because I was like okay this is going to be like my full-time situation and honestly I was I never thought I was going to bring in other people or I was going to grow into an agency that like accidentally happened. And it was in 2019 after finishing a really big contract for um, a fashion uh, designer and their retail stores that um, I was like, I had like a team and I was like, oh, I could, this could like really happen. I could really lead a team, you know, do these big, bigger deliverables. And um, it kind of just started snowballing from there. And that's when in 2019, I looked at my VA at the time. And I was like, I think it's time for me to go out on social media as I was always head down in the work. So I wasn't paying attention to anything going on online. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it was, I think it was real. It was like once I realized I could do that, then I was like, okay, I could probably handle more. And then things just kind of started snowballing from there. Like my life has drastically changed from 2020. Tell Crazy. us, tell us the before and after for some of them. Yeah. Uh, like I would say before like 2018, 2019, it was just me like freelancing. Like I worked with my, my one customer who, you know, I still do work for now. Um, but that was like 90% of my business and I wasn't really going out there too much, like find other work because I didn't need it. Mm -hmm. She was keeping me so busy and I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, and I've learned a lot of things because she's also a training company. So I've learned a lot from that. Um, for, my company. And then it was someone reached out on LinkedIn from this, uh, fashion designer. And they were like, we know you're an instructional designer. You're connected with, um, someone who used to work here. And we want, we want you to come in and, um, help us with this project. So I ended up taking it on. And that was really like the first time that I could like see how this could all like play out. Mm -hmm. Um, but even then I still kind of, I still have that freelancer mindset, 
Um, and it wasn't until like around that, like the end of 2019, when I was like, all right, we can, we need to go out there. I need to start thinking more like a CEO Mm -hmm. and doing those visibility things. And like my role is different now than it was then. Then I was like very much still in the work. Now I am still in the work, but not as much as I was, um, or working to completely get me out. But now it's like, okay, what content am I creating? What, um, conferences am I going to? Where can I, where can I, can I speak? Like what stages and things like that? We're doing um, monthly free webinars. Like what's that next webinar? What is, and then staying on top of trends. Like these are things like I didn't really think about before, right? Like I didn't think about marketing myself. I didn't, I just assumed that my friend was always going to work for me. Right. Um, and I never really thought about too much like trends and really forecasting, like I knew it was coming up, but like having to really think about new things. And now that's all I'm doing is I'm like looking at different things and I'm like, well, how is that going to affect L and D? Right. So I talk about TikTok. I talk about like the great resignation and what we're calling the great re-onboarding. One of my videos coming up in the next two weeks, I talk about Hype House from Netflix. So like the show about TikTokers. <laughs> But like now I'm, now I'm picking up where L&D can tie into so many different things. And I don't think that's like a really a conscious thing if you weren't, if you're not in this world of like being that CEO and having to, to build your brand and, and put yourself out there. Yeah. What would you say? Um, so it's been a natural progression. Does it, is it naturally aligning this new role of putting yourself out there, speaker, forecasting, all that kind of stuff, making the associations. Um, is it naturally unraveling itself in that this is kind of your natural being and what you love doing anyway, like it rather than in the business, would you say? Yeah, I think um, if I really sat down and thought about like the things that I like to do, this would start to come out. Um, and what's funny is that right before I went to college, my older cousin said to me, he's like, you're going to end up in marketing. And I'm like, okay, Albert. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm like, my favorite thing to talk about is the marketing side. And my favorite thing to do is talk about marketing and learning and development and how like we should be marketing our courses better. And I'm like, well, good thing. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but like, I'm like, I'm not going to give him credit for that. <laughs> like, I, like I, I did have some marketing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely like a natural progression. And if you like knew me like growing up, I was like a cheer captain. And when I joined it, like I joined my sorority and then I immediately was, um, became our house manager. And then I went to our, the council that governs all of our sororities and I became a VP there. And it's not like, it was pretty clear that those are my interests. But then at work, I was like, well, I'm just going to go be a specialist somewhere. You know, it was never a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There's just a lot of stories in my head that I told, my, that I told myself about work that um, affected, I think, the trajectory of my, the beginning of my career. I don't, wouldn't take it back though. Mm. If you could help people skip through those learnings for themselves, what would be your advice? Yeah. Good question. Um, I would say I wouldn't count out um, any place that you're working unless it's obviously a very toxic work culture. Um, if you are unhappy or looking to upscale, I think you should make your own opportunity where you can, you know, um, or at the very least connect with those in the organization that yeah. 
are in those roles that you may aspire to um, and try to connect with them and, and, you know, do like a coffee chat or something like that. Um, I would say personally, besides it being the world in which we are in, picking up some things, if you can do that, like if your, you know, employment agreement allows you to like freelance on the side, that helps to expand your experience in like outside of what you're doing in your nine to five. And that's where you may find um, a skill that you didn't know you had, or you can try things that you can't really try at work. And then you can bring that to the office. Um, so I did that early enough, um, but I would have even done that like sooner. Yeah. And for me, it's just a matter of like every place that you work, there's a reason for it. Um, and there is a lesson to be learned there. And do not delete emails of that, of like people like thanking you for things. Like you need to be saving that and make yourself a scrapbook because when you have imposter syndrome, I want you to open up that scrapbook of all the things that people have said to you over the years. And, you know, that's going to make you feel better. And I mean, I'm not a journaler really, but like, I wish I was, but journal because there are challenges that you're going to have that you could use like in future podcast episodes with all this studios or <laughs> a future job, job interviews. And it's good to have that journal to be able to refer back. Like my team all knows I'm Dory. Uh, I will tell, be in the middle of telling you something and I will forget it in the middle of me saying it. So for me to think back my entire career and remember all these stories, I should have been journaling this whole time. Yeah. Were you doing so well so far? You haven't like lost your thought in any answer yet. <laughs> I love that. Um, what would you say is the CEO mindset versus the freelancer? Yeah. Um, so actually right here, our word of the year is invest and I have it sitting mm -hmm. at my desk. Um, and that's the biggest thing I think as a CEO, it's um, your role is not necessarily like just leading the team. It's visioning and like seeing that, like, I don't believe in five-year strategic plans. I believe in two to three, because obviously as we've seen with the pandemic, things change, <laughs> but creating that two to three-year strategic plan for yourself um, and really seeing what are the opportunities, being able to take time to work on the business and not just in the business is a big flip. And I even say, like, I would get mad at people like, why are you bringing your laptop to vacation? Like, we're going to the beach. And I'm like, if I'm not working, I'm not getting paid. Mm -hmm. So y'all have your, you know, vacation days from work. I don't get that. That was the freelancer in me. Mm -hmm. Like the CEO in me is like, okay, I can take a week off of work. Maybe I'll like answer an email or two, but I don't have to really truly be in it because I've, I've, I've worked out my situation where I can take that time off. I can block that time. I can make those boundaries with my clients and say, I'm not going to be around. So unless it's an emergency, well, if it's an emergency call Tiffany and she'll really see if it's an emergency and then reach out mm. to me, but I'm not the, like, this is my time. Um, and knowing that taking that rest time for yourself, while it's not monetarily going to give you something, man, that rest. And like, when I'm actually like relaxing and taking a break, my best ideas and my best thoughts. And like my, those like intuitions are like, you're like spirit guides. Like when they talk to you, like 
it's in those moments. And if you're not taking the time for that, because you're always working, because you're in feast or famine as a freelancer, it's, uh, that's where, that's where um, it all happens. But we'll also say with the freelancer mindset, it also comes with a scarcity mindset. And that is a really hard thing to train your brain around and not even just like in a monetary situation, it's in in a community situation. And when you start to realize that people around you are not your competitors and we're all a community and there is enough to go around for everyone and to share what you're learning, you will see the universe rewards you back for that. Yes. Agreed. Everything you've said there, I 100% support and encourage people to take action from the time off to the scarcity versus abundance mindset. 100% what you've said, I'm saying it too. Um, what does your work on the business time look like? Um, so ideal week. When people stick to it, um, Mondays are my CEO days, my admin days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to take that cause I need to, um, figure out what the week's going to look like. And the team mm-hmm. all looks at me like what's going to happen this week. Um, so I like to do that. Um, and then Wednesday, so, and then Mondays too, I will say, I also try to write content, whether it's like reels I'm filming or YouTube videos or whatever. Um, and then I try to film all of that on Wednesday because in the afternoon I'm in a coaching program. So on Wednesday afternoon, I'm in coaching. So I'm like, oh, I'll just kind of piggyback that together. Mm-hmm. And Fridays are no work days mm-hmm. and it's uh, personal appointments, but also personal development time. So like that way, if I want to go to a networking event or I want to take a webinar, if I want to watch a webinar that I signed up for and, I, and they sent me the recording, those are the days I can actually do it. So tomorrow I'm getting my hair done. <laughs> That's going to be my like, my decompressed day. Yeah. I love Although that. it's going to be work because my marketing, uh, Danielle will be there. She, so it'll be a little bit of work. <laughs> Getting your hair done work. Yeah, I love it. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to share mine because it, it like, you're a savvy business person. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to think I am as well. Um, but uh, so I just want to share a little bit of mine to just demonstrate the importance of if you look at Belvista Studios and think we're successful, if you look at Anchored Training and think we're successful, both of us as CEOs are spending time working on the business. And it is a, it is almost like 30% of our week because mine's similar to yours. Monday's my work on the business time. I review my goals in the morning. I have an hour of silence time when I literally like block out everything and just think with a pen and paper beside me and then whatever comes out of that is I execute on it until lunchtime and then uh, the afternoon is admin time so kind of planning setting things up making sure projects are on the go on Thursdays I've got time for myself so we work a nine-day fortnight but I basically have half a day off and it is I go skating I go surfing when I'm in the surf like and I can think sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, I got to check my email or like, what if the team wants me or whatever? I'm like, if there's anything urgent, first of all, I know my team can handle it, but an hour is not going to destroy anything. And when I'm in the ocean, like my ideas are coming up. So I'm not having to wait for a vocation for that time. I'm getting it every week. And then we have mm-hmm. yet yeah, dedicated learning time and Fridays, 
client tasks do creep in uh, to this um, because of a certain strategy that we're trying to do at the moment, but I call it my sales day. So it's all working on the business. How do we sign new contracts? How do we get more exposure about something? So like mm -hmm. just the two of us are really dedicated to that. When they say work on the business, that's what our execution looks like. And that's how you make it to four years in business. Yeah, absolutely. It's critical. And um, that would definitely be a lesson from the last four years. I didn't spend enough time. Even though I was freelancing, so I'd work full-time in freelance. Again, not thinking that was going to be a thing. Yeah. I wish I was like marketing myself, being going out on LinkedIn, going to more conferences. But it, you know, you don't you when you don't have that foresight, you're just like in the work um at the time, you don't think about how important that is until it's important. Yeah. And you don't want to be in that reactive space. That's like your word is beautiful. You've got to think of all of your actions as an intentional way to invest in mm -hmm. yourself, in your business, in your lifestyle, in your family, in your finances. It is about investing. So people need to question themselves and say, where is this coming from? How can I switch this to be an investment in whatever? Exactly. Exactly. And there's always, you know, if, if something is not, you can't purchase articulate this year, that's totally fine. $5 every single month, eventually you'll get there and you could, you know, be doing your free tutorials and, you know, playing around in other software systems, you know, and uh, that are lower cost. And honestly, once you learn one of them, you could pretty much pick up all of them. Agree. Agree. <laughs> um, okay. So what, what are you dreaming about at the moment? What are your biggest dreams that you're like, oh, I'm so freaking compelled to achieve this. Oh, they're huge. Um, for a long time, a long time, last couple of years, I thought that my next step was going to be like coaching freelancers and instructional designers. Cause it's where that content that I'm doing on the YouTube channel really like lends itself. And I still love it, but I don't think it's going to be the next big thing. I think it'll be something that I just like offer on the side. Like, you know, it's yeah. there. Um, I want to continue to do that because I do love, like I just got off of doing, uh, we called it New Year, New ID. Work with five women who wanted to like get their brand together and like all of those things. And um, it was super fun and, and I loved connecting with them. Um, but actually I learned a big lesson the last couple of days and, I knew it, but I really knew it. You have to, so one of the things when you work with clients, um, you have to kind of, if you want it to be a partnership and a long-term engagement, you have to be thinking about already what's next for them before they're even thinking about it and start to include that in their, you know, like in your conversation with them. It's like mm -hmm. on their radar. So for example, one of our clients last year, we did front desk software training for them because they thought that was the reason that their front desk was quitting. I'm like, it's not. Um, <laughs> here's the data to prove it. Um, but through that and a lot of conversations, they've come to the realization like, oh, their next thing is like, they really need like an onboarding program. Um, and so I'm happy that we were able to like plant that seed and, and have them thinking about really what's next. The thing that I think that's next for all of my clients in some way, shape or form is marketing. And it's, for me, it's creating something, whatever that looks like, where we really talk about not just like marketing your courses, but even like marketing your business, like your learning and development business and what that looks like, because 
I'll tell you, my booth at DevLearn and at ATD looked very different than everybody else's because it had mm. confetti and pink and ladies who themed their outfits together <laughs> um, and really, you know, had a TikTok booth going on and it was very different from everybody else's booth. Um, and I had someone come to us from a very large tech company and they were like, you know, everyone, um, they talk about how innovative they are, but we can tell that you're innovative because you don't look like everybody else here. And I know who my, um, my audience is, my ideal client and mm. not going to be everyone's ideal client, but people who get that and get what we're doing. And like our vibes are going to be our ideal clients. And those are going to be our partners. Those are going to be those long-term people that like stick around and that's where your recurring revenue comes in. Yeah. Absolutely agree. When you are doing your thing and attracting clients that recognize you for your thing, the relationship is like so peaceful, so, so creative. You get the freedom to do what you do best. It is long-term relationships. Each one gets bigger and better in terms of impact and all that. So 100% agree with just do you you'll attract the right people. There won't be any friction or discomfort. No. Yeah. And I think you can like all of those dream projects that everybody talks about on the internet and on LinkedIn. It's when you've developed these partnerships that you can get to that place. No one wants to spend a lot of money on a vendor or freelancer um, without having that trust in them at first. So like you said, you're absolutely right. Like it starts to snowball because they start to have more trust in you and they know that you're going to deliver what they're asking. And so they're more apt to make that larger investment. I will also say for anchored training, we're doing a lot of work internally on processes and, uh, really like writing down everything that we know. Um, and I will say like, do, do that. Even if you think that it's silly and just you do that, because at some point it's not going to be just you. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're look, we're working towards, um, and we told, we, we had an all contractor meeting in November and we told them like, just so you guys know, so you know, where our vision is going, we're heading towards the million dollar business. Like mm -hmm. that is the plan. Um, and I think putting it out there is a very powerful statement. It's a scary AF statement um, because big companies, big problems, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, I'm really excited and I'm glad that we're taking the time right now to like get our ish together to ease that. Like we, I'm not trying to do that like overnight. It's step by step mm. by step so that we can be there and be successful and be happy at that, um, at that level. Yeah. Love it. Um, everything you're saying is just oh, re resonating so beautifully. Yeah. And I 100% support everything that you're saying. Um, what are you motivated by and how did you figure that out for yourself? Um, I'm a super competitive person. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am like just with myself, like, you know. Um, so I see where I was like last year and I'm like, well, how can I beat that? You know, um, and not so much with like others, because um, I think feel like everyone's like on their own path. Yeah. Um, but like with myself, I'm very competitive, and I always want to make sure I'm doing the right. I'm putting the right thing out there. Having two girls um, and two small children is life changing. 
uh, being a mother in general is life-changing, but two small girls is very life-changing. And I am glad that they're seeing all that. I mean, like anchor training was born four months after Gianna was born, you know? So like when I mean, I had three under one, I mean, I had three <laughs> under one. Um, and that is very motivating to me because they're not good. I'm hoping that this will help them mm. see beyond, um, the stories in their head of the stories that they may be seeing um and whatever their path is um is their path and my husband and I talk often about like okay I really want to get some investment properties and how cool would it be to like gift them an investment property like nothing too extravagant right and gift it to them and say okay you like at 18 or 22 you can take this and you can keep it manage it Mm-hmm. and reap that long-term investment or you can sell it right now and go like invest in something else uh, invest mm-hmm. in the business there's something like that and that is um like a really that keeps me going so I'm like oh, how amazing would it be to like gift my kids that and the opportunity to create a business so young um yeah I, that's very, very, very motivating so I think that's part of like where that comes from um, And I don't know, I think, you know what it is, I think too, growing up, it was very ingrained in us that, you know, like the grandparents, uh, like left Cuba to come here to give their kids more. And I'm sure like, maybe it wasn't like conscious in their brain. Well, maybe they could have said it to give their grandchildren more. Um, and my parents, uh, did a lot more for themselves than their parents did and like wanted a lot more and like pushed us for a lot more when you come from that like immigrant background um, and being so close to it you can't you don't want to fail because you, you feel like you're going to fail your um, grandparents or your parents because you did not strive to give more to your children than they to you mm-hmm. and that is a very powerful motivator um, and one that I take very seriously. Like I know the privilege that I have being here and I know, I mean, 90 miles from QS, like it's not very far. And that's a, it's a very scary country to live in still. Um, and I'm glad that they made very difficult decisions to be here. So like, I don't want to fail them. Wow. That's fucking special. And I think those are the things that do keep you going. That's what makes you mentioned a million dollar business possible because it's fucking hard to make a million dollars. So you need to have that kind of compelling motivated thing, such as your kids, the two girls that like your grandparents and that legacy and making sure that you're paying it forward. That is Mm -hmm. what gets you there. So definitely encourage people listening to go figure that out for themselves. Um, do you have, so you said you're competitive with yourself, but do you have any role models just in the world? Doesn't even have to be in the industry or whatever that who are your role models and what are the characteristics that you're like, they're the characteristics that are holding me to account to achieve my goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, RPG will always be my girl. We talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg a lot around here. She's hanging, she, there's a lot of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in this office. Okay. <laughs> that's my girl um and this is gonna be a weird one or like a funny one I guess 
I will tell you, I am obsessed with Jennifer Lopez, not just because she's beautiful and all of that, but I think everyone doubted her in the beginning of her career. And I remember hearing like, oh, she's not a good singer. She's not a good dancer, but man, I think she's a really good businesswoman because look at where she is right now, how much money she has and not just like money, but like investments. Right. And like things that we probably don't even know about. And she's Mm. always on the cutting edge of like building this next business or, you know, investing and or putting her name on this or that, um, because she believes it'll be the next big thing. Um, that to be counted out in the beginning of your career, when you're so young and, um, not impressionable, but like, yeah, like it really hurts, you know, hearing what other people say. And it's, it's different, like not old by any means, but like, it's different for someone to say something about me now at like almost 36 than at 22, 24. Like I took it more personal Mm -hmm. at that age. Um, and to overcome that and like build what she's built, like that's pretty badass. That's really cool. What was the, what's uh, Ruth's characteristics that stand out for you specifically? Well, number one, she used to um, teach at Rutgers and I'm a Rutgers University alumni. So we have to enjoy that. Um, But I will say also very similar. It was like, she's a female in the Supreme Court and she was ballsy enough to stand up against everybody else and to go a different path. And I think when you look at like anchor training and the way that we talk about things and the way that we market ourselves and the solutions that we offer, it's not going to be the same path as everybody else. And for me, I was very scared in the beginning to say, to like talk about that. But you think of your girl RBG, you're like, well, that's how movements get made, right? Like, that's how people start to rethink learning development or just like cr- make space for a voice that is probably more out there than it, mm. than you think. Just people don't feel comfortable saying anything, right? Um, yeah, so she's my girl. She's my girl. That's and cool. a beautiful, and a beautiful choker uh, with her robe. Yeah. I mean, can't, you just can't beat her, her outfit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fashion on point. <laughs> Where did Anchored Training come from? The name? Mm. Um, so I wanted originally and the business to be Malara Training, which is my maiden name. Hmm. Very attached to my family, if you couldn't tell. Um, and I gave Giselle, my oldest, Malara as her middle name. Um, my husband did not love it. He's like, it's just like, it doesn't not go in. So I was talking to one of my sorority sisters and very good friends with, and she's like, well, what about anchor to training? And I was like, damn, that's pretty good. Um, so our sorority symbol is an anchor and I was like thinking about it. Um, and this is also about four months after she named Gianna, my youngest, and she chose her middle name. So she's, (laughs) I told her she should have a business naming things. Um, (laughs) But when I thought about it, I'm like, damn, like anchor is pretty cool. Like anchor, people think that anchors weigh you down, but they actually like protect you and they keep you safe. Like when, and I um, was like saying to someone, I'm like, it's like when everything's changing around you and everything's like going crazy, like what anchors you is like your personal and professional development and like your education. 
and no one can take that away from you at any point and if you could like stick with stick on that um you can navigate whatever storm is like up ahead that's cool it's really interesting i just want to make the link for people as well like because the name and what you've just described it as is exactly what i feel you have communicated throughout this whole conversation and it like what i get you what you represent to me is grounded was the word that came to mind and i, I think it's similar to anchored and it's like you're very uh true to who you are and aligned to what vanessa is all about and that you're going to bring on team members and uh, contractors and like the boat's going to rock a bit. But like as, as long as you are anchored basically to why you're doing what you're doing and who you're doing it for, all the turbulence that comes with it, you're going to be successful in whatever that is for you. And you've proven that through the stories that you shared today. So I think that's really, really beautiful. Um, this has been a fabulous conversation. I am so grateful to like expose people to your mindset and your thinking. I know that 100% it will inspire others to think differently about what is possible for them and you're really role modeling that and demonstrating it. So congratulations. Um, and I just wanna summarize the key points that I got from your chat for people. 100% authentic self. I'm all about that, but I think you really do represent that. And that's what the anchored or the grounded was coming through for me. So, and your successes are just, when you're your authentic self, it's just naturally happening. You're saying it's naturally aligning, the momentum's growing. So that's cool. Um, look at life and the things that you enjoyed and you didn't and just move towards them. They will reveal themselves. And then the sub point of that is create the opportunities for the things that you enjoy, like move mm -hmm. towards them. And with the freelancer CEO stuff, like freelancer mindset is basically feast or famine. That's what you said. Scarcity mindset. CEO, even if you are a freelancer, you can still have a CEO mindset and that's abundance. So I would encourage people to think more from the abundance mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. Vanessa, thank you so much. You can find Vanessa on YouTube, LinkedIn, the Facebook group, all over the internet. Go check out our website. Like you see what they're all about and just the way that they frame their what they're about there does show that you're different. So thank you for inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, could I be a better instructional designer? That has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you wanna solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very 
much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.